everybody. Hello. Hey, John. Hey. Hey, Ronald. Hello. How's it going over there at that end of the table? Uh, oh, I'm excellent. How's it going at the other end of the table, Steve? About the same. I bet you were wondering why I brought you here Very tonight. curious. It is because I thought it might be a fun thing to sit back and just talk a little bit about the movies that came out in the summer of 2013 in the year of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and just sort of suss out, you know, month by month what the best movies were, what we thought was going to be good, what turned out to be good. Does that sound like fun? That sounds, that like, sounds fun. like a blast to me. You got about an hour? But more importantly, what does suss out mean? Suss out means to sort of like... Uh, like sort out? Sort out or like, like gather and, and, and sort. Yes, to gather <laughs> and sort and make sense of. Okay, I like that. That's a big takeaway from this already for me is yes. finding out that meant. I'm actually looking it up now. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That's what though. the internet is for. Thank yeah. goodness for Google. Yeah. You're right. Suss out. To suss out is to examine so as to determine accuracy, quality, or condition. Holy. Okay, I like it. I will definitely replace sword yes. out with that for now. <laughs> Be looking right. out for that. Suss out. No, actually, um, our, our mutual friend Jason Conti said that I was the only person he'd ever heard say the phrase suss out, that he had seen it in text, but had never heard anyone say it before me. So. It sounds like something that they'd say in Mad Men. You know what I think it is? I think it's like <laughs> a, a I think it's like a criticism word, like a music critic word or oh, a, okay. or a journal music journalism word or something that like when you're trying to come up with synonyms for words you already have and you get tired of saying sort, you can say sus. sus Got out. it. Yeah. From now on, it's been inserted. Out. But it also implies that you're sort of parsing. That's the word I was looking for. You're parsing the information as well as uh, sorting it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Out. Okay. Either way, I'm 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 good with the idea for going through. All this right, summer. good. All right, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, language schmanguage is in full effect. But yeah, so summer movies, 2013. What mm. do you think? What would be your general statement about the summer of 2013 for movies, Ronald? <clears throat> Disappointing. Really? Yeah, man. There were a bunch of shitty movies. I mean, but that's that happens every year. But something about this year, I feel like I didn't attach myself after I saw them with as many movies as I thought I would. I, w I think I would actually agree with that to some extent. Like, I think that even the movies that I enjoyed that I thought were going to be great were just sort of good or about what I would have expected. But I don't think that there was anything that really surprised me too much one way or the other. I don't know. What about you, Steve? Yeah, overall. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would say I was disappointed by it. Because, I mean, kind of like preparing for this, I was like going back over a lot of our picks for the summer months that we went over a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I think all of us were pretty in line with movies that we ended up really liking this summer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of... I think I feel, personally, that I took a lot of positive movies out of the summer. There were definitely some that I saw and were kind of underwhelmed or just like, you know, kind of like Ronald said, like, okay, I'm not sticking... It's not sticking with me as like a favorite, maybe, of the year. Yeah. With the exception of maybe like one or two movies that I did genuinely love this summer. But, uh, I mean... It's been a big summer box office. -wise. I just want everyone to know that Steve and I were making eye contact when he said love. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and there was something kind of magical in that moment. I so, wow. Yeah. I didn't think you'd say that out loud, John. I Ron that Ronald, why don't we have moments like that anymore? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But you're looking at me now, and you've got the, your eyes look very soulful. <laughs> the lights, you. You, the, the lights hitting them just what they're just, just at the right you. angle. Yeah. Anyway. Appreciate yeah, I think that it. it I think there's a tendency to sort of say this summer was great, that summer was bad. I don't know that I've ever really felt. I've always sort of wanted to be the fly in the ointment and say, well, every summer is variable and there's none that are really great or really bad. But I did feel like last year there were more movies that I was sort of blown away by yes. or that I felt like, oh, you can definitely kind of, you can hang something on that movie, like The Avengers and even Prometheus, which was you know flawed beyond belief, had a lot of things about it that were just excellent and that I was still talking about months later. And yeah. there's some movies that I've seen this summer that I, I have to kind of remember that I've seen. Yeah. You know, I, I think I would actually probably take the opposite. I feel like I feel like looking back on last summer, on our episode that we did for last summer, I don't think I had as many movies that I say that like were my favorites. Mm -hmm. I think my comment, I remember like I have it on my note right here for 2012 writing this summer sucked. With the exception of like, you know, like <laughs> The Avengers and Dark Knight Rises. And I mean, a lot of the movies that I really loved last summer were smaller films mm -hmm. like, like Hysteria. The Loved Ones, uh, Bernie. I mean, just movies that no one, really, most people didn't even see. Yeah. But, I mean, I think this summer, I, de I do feel like some of the bigger films I was much more uh, reactive to. You know, I'm talking movies like uh, like World War Z I really I, enjoyed. I knew you were going to throw that name out. I, I was totally surprised by it. Like, Did you, you ever it. see it, Ronald? Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. see, I didn't see it. So. But I was okay. Um, but like, Man of Steel, I really liked. Star Man Trek in the Dark. Like big, Some bigger movies out of this summer, I kind of enjoyed 
enough to say that I, you know, I was happy with them. Where mm-hmm. last summer it was really just those two. When you do look back on that that batch of movies, the ones that stick with you are often the smaller films. Yeah. Because when you said Bernie, like yeah. I, you know, and all did we have Raid Redemption last year too? Yeah. Those yeah. were both. So I mean, those are much more. Movies that still kind of loom large in my mind. And I think sure. some of the smaller movies from this summer, are, I can already tell you, are the ones that, that, that were easier to think of as movies I really love. Like the big releases this year felt more, there was something kind of obligatory about them, but it didn't really feel That's kind fair. of like there was true magic in the air. So That's definitely fair. So starting with May. Well, I mean, looking at May, I mean, that's kind of the jump off. I mean, no one, none, none of us picked Iron Man as our big movie for May, oh, and I was pretty happy after I saw it because I, I, I didn't really enjoy Iron Man three a whole lot. Uh, but I do want to say I did really enjoy Star Trek Into Darkness, which was the one that I was really looking forward to, and that, that is what kind of started the summer off for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually seen it a couple times over the summer, and I think it. I mean, I, I actually liked it more as I saw. It. I didn't pick it apart as much. And I just kind of was more entertained by this new Star Trek world that I hope in some way continues. And I don't know if J.J. Abrams would, is still going to be involved based on his involvement with Star Wars or, mm. or whatever else he gets his hands into. But um, Star Trek in the Darkness was, was a big takeaway for me for that month. And kind of was a good note to start the summer on for me, too. Um, I don't know what you got. I mean, I know, Ronald, you, you threw out Gatsby and John. You were talking about a smaller film. Francis, Francis Ha. Francis Ha, yeah. yeah. Franc- I was going to say Francis Ha. Uh... Did France, Fast and Furious Six came out in May, right? I'm on. I think I, I think it did. Did it? Come yeah, out? that was that was one of my big picks. I mean, it was. Well, but, but for the month, you had said. Uh, Gatsby. Great Gatsby. Gatsby. So, what did you think of? Like, I can't See, remember what you I mean, thought I, of it. I thought the Gatsby was solid. I mean, I felt like it was. It, was, it had a lot of fluff. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess. I should have expected that. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know. I wanted. I, I came out thinking I was going to have to see that one, and then once you know, as sometimes occurs when the movie's in the theater, and then you haven't seen it, and then a week later you realize, oh, I guess I don't. Did have you see? To did see you that see? One. It? I didn't see Gatsby. Okay. But I've heard, you know, I've heard enough mixed thoughts from people that I trust that I. It sounds like there's something to watch there. It does yeah, sound it like is. It definitely is. It definitely, it definitely grew on me. Another one that I saw a couple times. I need to see it again. I, I think you will like it more because I, okay. I think we were pretty much on the same page when yeah, we talked yeah, about it after are. we first saw it. Like the music, I wasn't. The music actually really distracted me from the movie, and seeing mm-hmm. it a second time, I think I was able to kind of like get past the fact that I knew I already was not a fan of this music. Yeah. Um, and I think that they really just banked on the idea of Leonardo DiCaprio being like this, uh, his star, his star power in this movie, as opposed to going after the substance of the movie. Yeah. Because it is total style and glitzy, glammy, and. I mean, he's just like a stud in this movie. I mean, I, I don't know what else. He's kind of like Jack from Titanic. It, it feels <laughs> like it's the same guy. Like if he sur- yeah. survived and I don't know, <laughs> became a billionaire. Yeah, it was. But it was... I, don't, I actually really enjoyed Gatsby. I mean, Gatsby for the summer, surprisingly, coming out of like what was supposed to be an Oscar run to a big summer release. I mean, that movie actually ended up being in the top ten for the summer. It did, which is crazy because they thought it was gonna. I mean, a lot of people were speculating that it actually might not make. Uh, a profit at all because of, of because of backing up on it and doing some reshoots I think that they were doing for the 3D release but yeah Gatsby's budget was 105 million 145 domestic 331 worldwide so I mean wow. it's a, it's a huge success for the studio yeah and it just came out or it's coming out on DVD soon I think if not already I know early VOD and then, yeah they had that yeah. new cycle that they're doing that's weird I, I mean yeah. I like it but that's it's... how I got Star Trek it, oh, okay. it was like on iTunes have two you, weeks before have you watched it since you yeah, saw it in the that, theater that's, yeah I, I've seen it at home <clears throat> see I need to I need to get that I haven't seen that yet um, Kings of Summer was another one in May that I, I really enjoyed yeah I really like that that was a great well. movie small little cool indie coming, coming of, age. of age story so yeah May is dry a little bit well i actually was sort of pleased with my pick because i ended up loving francis ha and francis as, ha was so good. as i reflected through the summer on the movies i'd seen i kept thinking and it was almost like a little a hint of things to come because mm-hmm. the movie that i found stuck with me the most was the the smallest most human story i i i think i do think iron man 3 had elements that that lingered with me in a positive way and i so the best moments of that and i feel like this is something I've said after a lot of movies we've seen that we've talked about where if you were just judging it by its best moments, you would think this was a pretty darn excellent movie. Sure. But Iron Man 3 definitely had, like, there was some narrative kind of flab to it. And I, what I remember about it is the character arc, and I think they did a great job of that. I don't think it really stays in the mind too much as a as a story, really. Yeah. Um, 
but I enjoyed that it was Shane Black, the writer and director, and I enjoyed that he kind of brought his own voice to that, and that it did not feel like an anonymous action movie. That whatever you think of it, it definitely felt like a director making his own type of film yeah. and happening to make an Iron Man film. That being said, yeah, it was definitely not a movie that. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't even imagine sitting down to watch it all the way through again, except for the fact that my wife hasn't seen it, and I'll probably watch it with her at some point. And I might, you know, find Ladies things. love Robert Downey Jr. Well, I mean, you know, I don't blame anyone being curious about that movie based on <laughs> what he's done thus far. Right, right. This whole idea that we're kind of chasing these huge tentpole movies and that, you know, there's all this hype around them being so excellent that sometimes there's just not as much movie making there. There's not as much storytelling there as you find in the, yeah. in the tiny films. Francis Ha. Yeah. So you, you saw it. it and loved it, right? I loved it. Haven't I, seen I, it. I loved it. All right. What? Yeah. Nothing else for May? May's, yeah. I think that's it for May. Well, it's really only recently that May has become such a huge part of the summer movie season yeah. anyway. I always feel like that's an early summer movie. The Iron Man movies have always seemed like they've tried to get in get there the early. Yeah. Which seems like a smart strategy, I guess. Yeah. You know, the idea that you get in there before anyone else is setting their big release dates but now that it's kind of it's its own thing i think they start you know now it's almost like april is when the early movies come out yeah when did oblivion come out april yeah uh, yeah april. April. Yep. is it that, that is that the new january is that the new kind of limbo for movies that they don't know what to do with or is it an actual like pre-summer slot I'd probably go with a pre-summer slot. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that, that's a weird that, arcane thought, but that, you know that, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that, that it doesn't. I guess it doesn't have the legs to kind of take up one of the summer slots, like to be a tentpole or to be as broad of a movie as, as maybe some of these other ones are. But mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't think Oblivion would have done any better by coming out in the summer, to be honest with you, and, yeah. in terms of box office. Right. Um, a little, uh, yeah, it's a little. It's not a known property. It's not. I mean, Tom Cruise's. Box office power has, you know, been dropping off mm -hmm. since, you know, I don't know, since 2000, I guess, slowly, with the exception of the Mission Impossible movies. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it is something like a, it almost makes the cut for summer. So yeah. let's either, let's get it in there in, in, in April. Um, something else came out in April that was a big, oh, 42, I think, was a big box office hit. You know, I guess not enough programming for the summer release, but I mean, smart yeah. to put it out just before it gets crowded because we were talking before we started recording this that it's 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 not it's not very common anymore for movies to hold the number one position at the box office right you know for more than one week because simply iron man comes out on may 3rd or whatever it was and is the first movie really to kick off the summer and it's number one for two weeks but from that point forward only two or three other movies all summer held number one at the box office for more than a week, which is like, I think that is really a, a mark of one, how many movies come out now, yeah. how many get jammed into the summer, and how many of it, or how much of box office really is dictated by which the movie that sometimes has just the more buzz, and it carries it over that one week, it makes as much money as right. it can, it drops off 50-60% the following week, but I mean, it's made its, its bank that first week, and the residuals, you know, depend on word of mouth, or, you know, things like that, which is really interesting, because... You make a good point, I think, with the Iron Man is that it does get the jump. I mean, that's a known property, and that movie's going to make crazy money to begin with. Mm -hmm. But by coming out early before the summer really, really kicks off, you know, even if it's not a great movie, I mean, yeah. a lot of people really enjoyed Iron Man 3, but I mean, it gives it the best chance to possibly. And I think it almost had a third week at number one. And I think it just got edged out barely by uh, the Star Trek film, which oh. came out two weeks after it. But, but yeah, I guess. It's just there's so many movies coming out. It's it's hard to be dominant anymore at the box mm -hmm. office yeah. until you look at the end of the summer and say, oh well, Iron Man destroyed everything. <laughs> you know, literally 1.2 billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely insane. That's insane. But yeah, but moving on to June, uh, what do we got here? I think you and I both yeah picked we both, Man of Steel. We both had Man of Steel, and you went with Much Ado About Nothing, which I didn't even which you didn't see. <laughs> now I feel bad that I, I didn't see it. But I guess I shouldn't feel bad since since you didn't. I even saw see that it. movie out. But like, since really none of us saw Much Ado About Nothing, what did you guys think about Much Ado About Nothing? <laughs> I didn't think much about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not, not much. You got me, Steve. Yeah, got, yeah you got me. I, got the um, I I I I do want to see this because I, I heard so many good things about it. But I have a secret confession to make, which is that I find it potentially very annoying to watch actors doing Shakespearean 
dialogue. Like, really? I, th- I love Shakespeare. I love like breaking down the text, and I love of un- you know, like I love understanding what the writing was and all the 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 references that were contained within within that writing. And also, I love tracking how many things in our language are, were begun with Shakespeare's writing. You know, I mean, he's it's amazing stuff. But whenever it's performed, I just I it's, I have a hard time getting into the mental space where I can watch actors doing that stuff and not be feeling like they're all sitting there going, <laughs> oh, aren't we all so wonderful but doing Shakespeare? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I hate that because it makes me feel like I'm a middle-brow asshole, but I do like reading this stuff, so I don't... You know what I mean? I'm, I think it's more yeah. about the, the way that directors and actors choose to stage it that I have, I have like... It's just something that has never really sat well with me. I've loved some Shakespearean films, and other yeah. ones have just made me feel funny and this is one that made me feel funny from the beginning because Whedon already has that potentially too clever too cutesy kind of approach which works for me in a lot of ways but if you take Whedon and then you add Shakespeare it's like is this going to be very pleased with itself I just don't know well I can handle my my dark confession is (laughs) feel better I really do feel better I can handle one and Hathaway I just defended two bards in one <laughs> in one sentence. I can handle one and Hathaway in a movie. I can't handle twelve. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know if I could deal with that many pretentious people in one movie. <laughs> well, that's so, kind of what it is. Yeah, I'm like, I'd second that. It's like you know, a universe way to think about it. No, it's is. great. I mean, but at the same time, I I recognize that I would probably, I love the passion of that, and I love the way it was done, and I love that it was his friends, and that they did it at his house, and that it was done in between these kind of giant big budget movies that he does now. Yeah. I mean, all that, everything about it. I admire. It's just the actual act of the movie itself. I can't. I can't say that. I can't say that I was that excited to to check it out, except to feel like I really should check this out. You know? Yeah. I'm supposed to love two things that I like <laughs> together, but. But no. But anyway, so I guess that means that we can't really pass judgment on that film, but we can talk a little bit about some other films. What did What did you think of Man of Steel? I think we all like. Pleasant it. surprise. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I I trust Zack Snyder, but. It's, I mean, I just... I wouldn't go that far, but... The last the <laughs> last Superman movie was so bad that... Well, I think when he's working with really good material, he can do some amazing stuff. And I was I was excited about his, his role. Um, but uh, I think that the things that people want to complain about with Man of Steel, there's a lot of really common complaints you hear, which are to do with the sort of treatment of Superman's character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like... I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool old school comic book fan and I feel like people had their panties in a wad about yeah. changes they made to the character for their vision well, of the character in this film and it just seemed to me like okay so this is a version of this character that you're not 100% yeah. with those characters have been reinvented in the comic so many times I think, and the fact that people are having a serious debate about yeah. would a hero kill a villain or yeah. would a hero allow all these people to die I, I might say well in you know, I might push my glasses up the bridge of my nose and say, well, in my Superman film, it wouldn't happen that way. But this is not my Superman film. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of kind of reinventing the character. They, I mean, I think what's been happening in the last six, seven years is that they want to function within the realm of realism within their world. If that even makes any sense, especially with like Superman. Superman couldn't have created barriers without hitting them first like seeing okay that's something i won't ever do again so it makes sense that things happen the way they did in the movie well which is again i might not feel i need to see that but i can see that that's what they're setting up and to me it made perfect sense there were other problems like i think we some of the issues i had had more to do with some of the lois lane being everywhere yeah lois lane being everywhere and the fact that even though i like amy adams a lot and i think she's great i don't know that she really quite clicked there was nothing right yeah you know, th- th- it felt like that that was a better idea than it turned out to be, but maybe she'll be more interesting in the next one when you know when. Well, who Batman. knows? The next one. Now we've got a whole new. Really? Yeah. How, did, have we recorded since the announcement? I guess we haven't. No. no. Yeah. So Superman versus Batman is going to have Affleck as uh, and Affleck Batman, and we are the ninety-seven thousandth people to bring that up. Yeah. So what can we say that hasn't been said about Barack Obama? <laughs> um, but. I do think that that, that that seems like a very uninspired choice to me. Even as someone who can enjoy Affleck and some things, I feel like I don't really have any faith he's going to bring anything interesting to it. I think he well, I think he's going to fail to suck, but I don't think he's going to bring anything too interesting. He's to the it. first big Batman, though. Physically big Batman. Is he supposed to be big? But, I mean, I've seen versions of Batman where he was a pretty big dude. But Henry Cavill's not big, so are we going to have Batman towering over Superman? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think Henry Cavill's pretty big. Well, no. height-wise, no. He's like six foot one or something, right? No, ben Affleck's six four. 
Yeah, I mean that's a couple inches, but I mean but, Henry Cavill is a little more intimidating than Batman. Yeah, yeah, but. he is. But but I like the fact that they're picking a larger Batman. Sure, like, sure. All the Batmans have been six foot and under, under yeah. which is crazy. And they've never really had a version of Batman that's been playboyish, quite like Ben Affleck can play off playboyish in any of the movies. Mm-hmm. So it's. Apparently, Zack Snyder's going to I'm sorry, make I a... like him, but I always find his acting to be the weak link of yeah, anything yeah. he but does. I don't think... And here's where I disagree with what people are saying. I don't think anybody can put on the cowl and underact and be fine. I think that a really good actor can do something interesting with that role. And I yeah. think that Ben Affleck, like I said, I think he will be... I doubt that he will be bad, but I, I don't think, think he will be great. Did you think that Christian Bale was a good Batman? I thought he was an interesting actor doing something very intense that, in retrospect, seems a little... Like, to me, I always thought his Batman was a bit silly the, with the voice and yeah. everything. But I accepted that he was playing a guy who would do a crazy voice. You know, he was playing a guy who's like a nut. Like, yeah. And I think his version of Bruce Wayne... I do. I could see Ben Affleck having some like fun moments as Bruce Wayne, but I still... I don't know. You know, I, And I'm, I'm already thinking about it too much when, when this... You know, I feel like everyone's already processed this whole idea. There's, you know, all the, I, all the memes have already... Cre- yeah. The wave of Ben Affleck as Batman memes, they've crested. They've gone away. Now yeah. people have moved on through Miley Cyrus onto something else. I know? think this is going to be like a Schumacher. Okay, hold on before I say that. This is going to be like... It could be, though. But, but, but I think it's going to be like more cartoony version of Batman, but I think that it's going to be devoid of the shittiness. Like playing hockey in the first five minutes of a movie, like Batman and Robin had. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. it's gonna. I just be... don't see how this could be a that bad of a film, no matter what they do. Like I feel like, yeah, like exactly. But, but it might be a really, it might be a slog, or I don't know. I it, it's it could still be, it could still be really good. This it's is gonna just... be Freddy versus Jason to me, which I thought was a great movie if you took it for what it was. Like if you took. Freddy versus Jason for what it was. Even with Freddy, didn't he wink at the end? Yeah. See, I feel like if he hadn't winked at the end, I would. I would <laughs> that lost like two letter grades. Any movie that has someone winking at the end loses two letter grades. I'm not dead quite. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wink. Blink. But no, I have faith in them to do something interesting. I just feel like this is the this is less this is less interesting to me than some of the other people we had sort of talked about. However, I'm excited or the notion of who they have said might be playing Lex Luthor. There's a couple of names oh, that have been thrown that, that are pretty good. Yeah, that made mm, that, that made, makes a lot of sense. Yes, you know? I think somebody maybe planted that just to take away from everybody hating on Ben Affleck being picked as bad. You know man. who should play him if he doesn't play him? Mark, Mark Strong. Mark Strong, yeah. Oh! Well, didn't we just have this exchange no, on, uh, we on, did, we on did. Facebook? Didn't you send out a picture? Uh, no. I think maybe. Really? Yeah, you sent some. Well, Ronald doesn't participate in our Facebook oh, conversation, no. so this is, a, this is a fair No, combo. but Mark Strong, I thought, was almost yes. like a lock in my mind, and then when I heard Brian Cranston, I was like, okay, I could see either one of those guys. Mark Strong's almost too, like, fit, though. Yeah. Like, I feel like Lex, Lex is a little, like... Not quite. These guys look like a guy, like a businessman. Yeah, you know? I feel like Mark Strong. I got like I got to just put it out there real quick anyone. that I'm okay with Ben Affleck as Batman. I just want to okay, say that yeah. I'm not gonna get too in depth on it, but yeah. everybody's heard like all the oh well, you know, Michael Keaton is Batman or Heath yeah. Ledger is the Joker or whatever. All that that I would agree with that stuff, but I just think uh, I, I I like the opportunity of uh, that he has now to basically just mm-hmm. say shut the fuck up. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it's a chance for him. I think Ben Affleck has, like, a really bad stigma that he's carried for a long time, and he's kind of worked against it and mm-hmm. and kind of come back in certain respects, like, with, with more of a directing side of things. Well, see, that's what, what a lot of people are saying, though, is that he not, he's now going to spend the next 10 years, theoretically, locked into playing various iterations of this character, When and he's already had to clear and postpone some, like, directorial jobs he had. I, I was looking forward to whatever he might do next as a director, Mm-hmm. I think this almost feels like a step back for him to get locked into a huge franchise. It almost seems like he's still really caught up in trying to prove that I, he can be an above-the-title matinee idol. I think he is. I think that's... I, I don't, think he's going to... If it works, I don't, if I don't, it works, his his legend no, is going to right. skyrocket. I don't, I don't think like, there's I think anything it, wrong with that. I think he's literally trying to right the ship. I mean, mm-hmm. I think directorial-wise, he's done that already. I think you know this type of film. I know he's got the lead role in Gone Girl, which is the Gillian yeah. Flynn, no- Gillian Flynn novel that uh, the, uh, David Fincher's directing. Which I mean, that sounds good to me. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I just think it's a really great opportunity for him. I'm very curious to see what he does. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I have a, I, I would agree that I think it's going to be kind of like a weird mix of a little more. I don't know. I don't want to say poppy, but I don't, I, I don't know. Kind of like what Rana was going with. Maybe a little campier than a little bit. But I, but I mean I'm very curious. I think it can work. I think the key is is that Man of Steel 
was very successful. Mm-hmm. And while certain parts of it may divide people's opinions, the idea is that it made a lot of money domestically and worldwide. Mm-hmm. Enough to say Warner Brothers now can reboot that franchise um, with the announcement of the Superman vs. Batman. They can reboot Batman again. And they can ultimately, hopefully, we'll see, try to have some sort of competition for this super successful Marvel universe. It, it does indicate at least that it's going to be a different take. It doesn't seem like it can't be the brooding uh, character from from the, the Nolan, Nolan trilogy. trilogy. And you were discussing, Ronald, before how you expect them to kind of back away as much as possible from that depiction. This yeah, seems like yeah. th- that's what they're doing. They're sure. bringing in an actor yeah. who kind of has his own kind of baggage. And maybe even built into the character, there's a little bit of that, you know, I mean, you know, they can play some of Ben Affleck's sort of persona and image into the idea of this person who people perceive as like a shallow playboy and he's actually doing something interesting. I mean, I could see them doing something. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Zack Snyder is excited to work with Ben Affleck makes me think they've got a take on that character that Ben Affleck seems right for. So I'm, the other still, thing to keep in I'm mind still, you know, on board. Is that even, like we said before, if he's trying to like read to get the, get the actor thing going again, the reality is, is he doesn't have to. Like he has plenty of director options and you know he just won an academy award for best picture you know i mean it's not like he's scratching and clawing to prove himself again as an actor i mean i think he probably is but he doesn't have to but Mm -hmm. i think you know working with Zack snyder i think that there's ultimately an intention to probably have him direct a justice league movie that's been rumored for a while and at one point he was actually even attached to it Mm -hmm. but i think just his his experience over the past five years well, not only, I think, assist him in becoming, uh, hopefully... You mean Ben Affleck being yeah. set up to direct? Yes. Just the, yes. That would make him the first daredevil to direct himself as Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that, like, not only what he's been, you know, winning and, and getting accolades as a director can, can help him bring to the role of Batman, but, I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of a spillover that he could maybe even, you know, as, not assist Zack Snyder, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a level of input that he wants in this movie with that eye and that ability to work behind the camera now, like which I think would only help. Yeah, you know, and I've, a lot of articles have mentioned that a part of his deal is that he has some sort of involvement with the creation of this movie beyond just his role. Wasn't there another movie that a big, big movie that he, he was attached to that I guess he's dropped out of now? I feel like his name uh, was it was a Stephen King. What was it? The yeah. wasn't it a Stephen King title? It was The Stand. They're the redo- Stand. They're exactly. Doing yep. The Stand as like a duology or a, you know a two two movie. That was story. it. Yeah, that's what he backed out of. Right. I think right after they announced mm-hmm. Batman, right? And he was also one of the names that got kicked around when Star Wars was right. before they picked J.J. Abrams. Right, right. And he actually wasn't he supposedly their second pick? He was, yeah. That's yeah. what a lot of people were reporting. So, yeah, I don't know. I, there are other movies that came out in June other than Man of Steel, though. We got off on quite a tangent Yeah, we there. did. No, it's a good, it's a good yeah. convo because this is going to be a hot topic that we're going well, we to never, to. We never did talk about Man of Steel yeah. in the same room yeah. anyway. So. I'm glad we did. So, but yeah, also that month, This Is The End was a pleasant surprise, I thought. Yeah, great, definitely. Hilarious comedy that I was definitely. a huge fan of. You liked World War Z, right? And I really enjoyed World War Z. I don't know. Okay. I mean, of my summer movies, it's, it's up there for me. I Wild mean, card. It was. Because I think, uh, not to to more of a degree than Gatsby. Like, I, was, yeah. I, I wasn't I was as into Gatsby as I was in World War Z because there was, like, I guess, the Brad Pitt factor, zombies, yeah. loving the property that it came from. Even though it had nothing to do with that, really, except for a title. But I just, I don't know. I think my expectations were down because of getting pushed back, the budget problems that everybody was talking about, mm-hmm. creative problems with the director, whatever that the press were you know throwing out there. But at the end of the day, I was like totally into this film. I thought it was a great zombie thriller, not a horror, you know, not like what a lot of people, I guess, want from zombies a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I thought Brad Pitt was great. I think the movie was a huge success. Or, you know, there's going to be sequels. It's a franchise for him. I think it's like a it's 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 a peak in his career. Honestly, it's his highest gross, grossing movie ever. And really? Yeah, it just passed Troy. I mean, it's it's crazy that a movie that was supposed to fail miserably, supposed to fail, mm-hmm. ended up being like number seven on the summer box office list. This is a better. I think World War Z is not a movie that's really gonna. It hit. It hit theatrically, but I think that when it comes home, like when it comes home, I think that. It, it's gonna soar. I think that it's one of those movies that I feel better watching at home with a bunch of friends. And it's not an insult to the movie. It's just I think you're right. I have better experiences when it comes to that, those sorts of movies, like end of the world crazy movies. I enjoy a lot more at home with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I think that this will. I think it's one of those movies that'll just do. Better. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about marketing, like they're gonna put this DVD out around Halloween or yeah. in October and when Walking Dead well. comes back on, and mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna it's gonna be huge. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, if if, I, if we were talking about those movies for June, though, I would actually say that as much as I enjoyed Man of Steel, I think I think this is the end. This is the end was. I great. think I like this is the end. I mean, I think it would go down in my scrapbook as a you know I make my movie scrapbooked. Yeah, I don't know. I do I've that. seen it. It's very I, impressive. I give I'll give a little. I do a scrapbooking workshop uh, at the community center <laughs> once every other Saturday in the autumn. So I'll make sure you guys get the sign up sheet. But in that in that movie scrapbook, I've <laughs> I would say this is the end is just one that when I was watching it. I mean, I remember reacting very strongly and laughing my head off a lot and having a lot of fun watching that movie. So cool. I would say that I could see that one. I don't know. It's tough to say. I think that Man of Steel, I could see rewatching at some point, but I could see this as the end. Like as soon as it's yeah, available for home viewing, I could see making my wife watch yeah. it. You know, um, a surprise one for me that I thought that I I disliked a lot more than I I did. Uh, I liked uh, the Purge. Oh really? The see, more I never got around to I, the more that. I thought about it, I, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I, I didn't hate it. I liked kind of chaotic you thought you disliked it more than you did I thought I did. yeah i thought that i hated it actually and then once i like thought you got about in touch it, with yourself and you really figured out what your real feelings yeah, i kind of liked it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the worst mm-hmm. and i kind of enjoyed it um, <laughs> you keep going up with these great statements that would work great on a movie poster <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the worst but I kinda... if you're not looking for the worst film <laughs> yeah uh don't see this a couple of weeks ago no, didn't, I, I, didn't, I like... didn't you say uh the more i thought about it <laughs> It wasn't a piece of shit or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the more, would you, did you see The Purge? I did. I liked it. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's not like a throwaway to, for me. I mean, I don't think it's anything special. What's special about it is how much money it made. It was actually the most profitable mo- profitable movie of the summer. What? Yeah, it made for $3 million. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Made for $3, three million. million. It seemed like it was a lot more. And uh, it looked good for $3 yeah. million, but uh, it made like over 80-some million dollars. Holy. Yeah. That, that yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. I thought a really, really great concept. Great Great, concept. great kind of crazy Twilight Zone vibe I got from yeah. it. Like, the first half an hour, 45 minutes, I was like, this could be an episode of the Twilight Zone, which I absolutely love. It didn't. It doesn't finish strong enough for no. me. I, I think it kind of falls apart towards the end. It felt but... very, like, Asian to me. Like, it felt like... <laughs> Japanese. I had heard that, like, just the action in the house, that the like the geography of the scenes wasn't very clear, and that it's there not, was a lot no. of convoluted no, stuff not. that just didn't make sense. And it's that seen- that kind of thing always makes me kind of drop my interest level because it, that's exactly why those movies don't look that great to me. It's it because seemed I to like a mansion, like exactly. the, the 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 way it was spaced out almost seemed like this place was a mansion. Mm-hmm. And if you were in a house and the things that were going on in the house were taking place. They would have gotten caught a lot faster and <laughs> would have died a lot quicker. So it was, you know. Anything else for June? No. I got nothing. I never saw the bling ring, which I had on my list, but I, yeah, I got to see that, that when it comes out on home video. When did <laughs> When did uh, Spring Breakers come out? Look at my shit. Look that, at my that, shit. That's got to be. That, can't, that happened a while ago. Yeah, was that, that was before May, I think, wasn't okay. it? The, maybe that like April April-ish. slot or something. Look at my shit. But yeah, moving on to July. You and I both picked Pacific Rim, Ronald, which you haven't seen. Yeah. So I'm seeing a theme you've, with you've your been picks. A damn slacker, Ronald. <laughs> I don't know, man. Either you don't know. There's so many possibilities. Either no. either you don't know what your own desires are going to be that well in advance, or when you were when you were saying those movies, you weren't really thinking about movies you wanted to see. No, the trailers got shittier. That's what it was. Like they got. More and more shitty, and yeah. then I realized what kind of movie it was. I'm like, eh. speaking of trailers, I don't mean to like go off, but um, it seems that you do. The new J.J. <laughs> Abrams trailer, The Stranger. It looks very odd. Like I don't, I can't tell. Yeah, what it's a trailer I can't tell. For. Yeah, uh, apparently it's a book or something. Or yeah, a novel. uh, well they don't know yet. Or a graphic novel. It okay. might be like okay. they're they're like they're thinking that it's based on something. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but that's not the name of they they haven't said the name of the movie yet. Oh, okay, or whatever it is. It might be The Stranger. Maybe. The name of the trailer was a stranger, right, but it right. might not be. Gotcha. Which is strange. So. Er. <laughs> but yeah, so. Pacific Rim. And then what was the other? My what? pick of July was Conjuring. Okay. So which uh, which te- which, which you... way does your Peter teeter? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, John, we did share that moment a little earlier, but that's a little forward of you. But while I'm we're sorry. on it. <laughs> um goes a little to the left. You're, 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 your erection doesn't go in the direction of the movie you like best. That always happens to me. Um, I did like Pacific Rim, but I love The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um, I love The Conjuring. I think that might be one of my favorite movies of the summer. But uh, both just, I don't know, 
opposite end of the spectrum, low budget versus big budget monsters, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, The Conjuring was just like a breath of fresh air for me. I, I like that and The Purge were like the two it's it's and even in, later in the summer the film You're Next which we didn't really have a chance to talk about, but just horror movies coming out that are at least good. You yeah. know, like The Purge, not great, but it's good enough. Mm-hmm. But movies that are made in terms of uh, you know, studios like kind of just giving decent small budgets to filmmakers to make a horror movie and to be able to put it out when when audiences are looking for movies to watch, which is, you know, the summer the summer space. But The Conjuring coming out in the middle of summer, we talked about it multiple times on this podcast. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy that that's like a one of their big releases, one of Warner Brothers' big summer releases, um, and it ends up being one of the biggest films of the summer. Also, one of the most profitable. Just like The Purge, uh, The Conjuring was a movie that was made for I think twenty million, and it's taken over like one hundred and seventy million, um, which is amazing and always pleasant to see horror movies making money. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really well-made, really atmospheric, moody, horror thriller to me. I mean, very suspenseful. Just not much I didn't like about that movie, to be honest with you. I, I would I would give the the edge to The Conjuring 2 between the Pacific Rim and The Conjuring just because Pacific Rim, as much as I enjoyed it, nothing went beyond what I expected it would do. From and it, in yeah. some ways, it didn't quite meet some dream that I had of what it might be. I think Absolutely. we both talked about how there was a little something... It's like everything that Guillermo del Toro brought to that, he was all over it, and you can't say that he didn't seem like he was trying, but he didn't manage to transform that material into some other kind of magical movie that would that would bring people in. And I got surprised at, by the fact that as we got kind of, as that movie was more and more in the rear view, how many people just weren't interested in seeing a movie that to them sounded dumb. And yeah. they were like, it looked like Godzilla versus a giant robot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, well, to me, that made it seem like, that's what made me think it was a shoe-in. Yeah. Because it was just the pure entertainment value of that. But what you realize is that, you know, without more to kind of hang it on, and I don't know if I would say that I thought the trailers really got shittier as they went along, Ronald. I felt like the marketing for that movie, I mean, it's hard for me to subtract my feelings about Del Toro and say, what would I have thought about that movie had I not known it was him? Because I, when I saw the trailers, I just saw all of his little touches all over the place. Yeah. But I do think there was, like, whatever it is that made them unable to sell that movie yeah. is part of what was a little bit underwhelming about the movie itself. Just that it, 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 it did a really good job of what it was doing, but if you weren't into that, there was no reason why you would, yeah. why you would see it. Whereas something like The Conjuring, it did have, when I think back, there were two or three scenes that I would put up there on my... You know, if if we were doing a scariest scenes of the 21st century, there's a couple of scenes from that movie that would definitely be there. I don't know of all yeah. time yet, but there's a couple of scenes in that. You know, and we talked about uh, we talked about them in pretty much sufficient detail. But I would say that scene with the two sisters in the bedroom. Oh yeah, where they hear something or the sister feels something pulling on her foot, and then it yeah. just goes from there. That scene is just crafted so well that whatever feelings I have about some of the other things the movie did that are kind of silly or cliche. It managed to produce enough of those shocks, and and each time, I think you said it, Steve, that you'd be watching the frame, not knowing exactly what it was that was going to scare you, kind of knowing the neighborhood of what the scares were in. But you'd be you were you honestly were surprised frequently in that movie, not just with what scared you, but when the scares came. Um, now I do hear there's there is backlash to the Conjuring. I think anytime, and we were talking a little bit about overhyping it. There is, there are a lot of people that talk about the sort of clicheic aspects of a lot of those scares. So I guess it's just a matter of taste. But to me, The Conjuring was was definitely a cut above the the average horror movie that you see nowadays. So, yeah. so in that sense, it was more inspiring than Pacific Rim, which still had plenty going for it. Yeah, I, I had fun with Pacific Rim. I think actually Ronald nailed it on the head when we talked about that movie and, and, and how they were not able to get an audience in to see it. Mm-hmm. And the, the quick answer is that it wasn't Transformers 4. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much the answer, it, and I, I gotta sad, agree with man. you 100. It, it makes me it makes me sad, but that's that's almost even I felt like that, mm-hmm. and I'm and I hate I don't like that franchise. I don't like the Transformers franchise, but people are very even the smartest, sharpest people attach themselves to really simple ideas, and that if if it looks like something, <clears throat> if it looks like a dog, mm-hmm. and sounds like a duck. Right. That's what it was for people. It like looked like something that had seen before, and it didn't have the same character to it. But similarly to that, I think that if people like Steve and I had gone to see it and had just been blown away, 
I think that the word of mouth from those people might have been enough. But I mean, I wasn't. It would definitely have helped. I wasn't like a yeah. mouthpiece for that movie. I didn't go around telling everyone you got to see it. I saw yeah. it and thought, oh wow, that was exactly what I expected it to be. And it was kind of fun to see That's that it. much money thrown at that kind of high concept genre idea. Yeah. And I like the idea of that kind of movie being made. But I certainly thought that that you know it would. It wasn't like I didn't think it would be this weird special niche of people that was interested in that movie. And I think it comes back around to what we kind of have talked about before, which is that whole thing of when you have a director like Del Toro, we have a very skewed view of his profile. Yeah, People that know movies know that he's kind of a genius. But if you don't know movies, that doesn't... I mean, there was nothing about those commercials, those trailers that did, certainly didn't work for you, Ronald, that there was nothing about those commercials that sold an auteur director as having created this, you know? Yeah. And so in that sense, there's no reason why people would have thought this is yeah. different from, from usual summer fair. I feel like I can tell just the level of detail and design, but you're right. Maybe people don't really have an eye for that stuff. No, and what they're know. thinking is, ugh, not another one of those movies. <laughs> not another Transformers yeah. movie that isn't Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else came out in July? <clears throat> uh, Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale Station, one of my really favorite good. movies of the summer. That was really good. I mean, it was sad. It, it sucks that it was, it was sad that I didn't see it. I it agree. It was sad that you didn't really see sad. it. The subject matter was sad. It was just sad overall. Um, definitely worth seeing. It, it was probably one of the better sort of character studies of what kind of happens when someone is innocently taken from us. You know what I mean? I thought it was a cool movie. And I suggest, you know, anybody that likes character studies of people and see it damn it it's a great movie uh, a movie that i saw that came out in england in july and mm -hmm. i i don't know if it's scheduled for release here yet but it came out on demand it was one it was like a simultaneous in theaters on television and on demand oh, wow. uh, release in england i think it may have been the first movie to be released that way maybe anywhere maybe just in england but like a a, a movie in wide release in in you know available on television and available on demand and it was directed by Ben Wheatley, the director of a movie that I've recommended you guys, The Kill List, mm -hmm. and uh, Sightseers. Yeah. And this movie, uh, did I say the name of the movie yet? No. Nah. A Field in England. Uh, oh, no, I've never Which heard is of this. an interesting movie. I, I wouldn't put it... It's, it's a hard sell. I mean, it's a small <laughs> movie that I could see a lot of people f being bored with because not a whole lot happens in it that makes a lot of linear sense. But it's kind of a... A weird thing because it takes place in the mid 17th century, but it's kind of shot like a scrappy indie film that you would expect if you've seen Ben Wheatley's films, if you've seen Sightseers and you've seen Kill List. He's right. a director that does these sort of really artfully, elegantly crafted movies that that will have a genre aspect to them and then also sort of a weird undercurrent to them. And they, 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 they do have twists. There's usually kind of a darkness to them. Sometimes a little bit of gallows humor. Definitely Sightseers is, is almost a comedy, but it still has more of an, a dark undercurrent to it than, than like a lighthearted one. A Field in England in some ways is his most difficult film yet, but it also has a very a very strong visual sense and an almost like a trippy sort of drug infused feel to it and there actually is some sort of psychedelic uh stuff going on in it i don't i wouldn't want to give too much about the story away because it is very dreamlike but I, I it's almost like a difficult watch but it's short enough and it's interesting enough that i would say if you're fans of that type of <clears throat> movies and especially if you've seen ben wheatley's other films i would i would definitely recommend this it it marks his third or fourth collaboration with the cinematographer uh laurie rose and his movies always have a very a very well-developed visual sense to them and this one is no different it's just yeah i almost kind of want you guys to see it so that we could talk about it because it's definitely a strange movie but it's got a couple of moments that are about as horrifying as, as as anything i've seen this year but it's also you know it takes a long time leading up to those moments but sounds like my kind of movie it does kind of seem like something you would enjoy have you seen kill list or the sightseers yet no okay well see those are both movies you should see as well i would say that i still think i don't know it's tough to say which of wheatley's movies i like best but i don't know if this is my favorite one but it's it certainly was, you know, in the midst of all these big summer films, it was nice to see a movie like this that, that just doesn't fit any easy genre specification. I mean, you don't usually see indie movies that are, are made to be, you know, you don't usually see period pieces like that that are made on an indie budget. And this has got so few characters in it, and it takes place mostly at, like out in the, in the wilds. And they managed to kind of create that sense of long ago without having to, hmm. you know, build a lot of sets and stuff. So, got no. you. I feel in England. Yep. 
I'll definitely check it out. I will say it's one of those movies where you want subtitles. I felt like understanding the dialogue. <laughs> one of the reasons why it seemed a little uh, a little demanding to me to watch was because I felt myself constantly straining to follow the dialogue. But you know, every now and then with with British, especially independent films, you'll find that that's the case. They don't they don't spoon feed what all the kind of obscure British colloquialisms are to the you know the way they slur their speech. Right. right. They don't. It, I don't know. It's like I don't know if you've ever watched The British Office, but the first time I watched that, I had a DVD <laughs> with, with subtitles on it. And it worked out great. But what else in July? Uh, July. I mean, the only thing that I had to take a note of, I hated Only God Forgives. I was mixed on the Wolverine. Uh, I did really enjoy The Way Way Back, and uh, and Despicable Me Too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I love Despicable Me Too, but I'm. I mean, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It was fun. But the way way back was another like one of these coming of age stories. I feel like with Kings of Summer in May, this in July, and the one we're going to speak about, um, well, like last week when we were talking about the spectacular. Now, mm-hmm. um, just you know, three really solid teenage coming of age type films, uh, each a little different than the other. But I did enjoy the way way back. Um, but yeah, that was my July. I found some things about the way way back to be a little little obvious, but I think there were some really charming performances, and there was some great character stuff. And you definitely feel yourself kind of identifying with that, that teen protagonist, that kind of aimless feeling you have in summer when you're not mm-hmm. really a, you're not really an independent, uh, you know, older teenager yet, but you're still too old to really hang with the family, and it's very, very uh, kind of irritating. Everything's irritating. Did you see the way way back? I don't no. know. I love Sam Rockwell, and I thought he was great. Yeah, no, Sam Rockwell was great, and I thought that just in general there were some kind of charming things about it. Uh, what else did you mention? You mentioned. Um, Oh, only God forgives in the Wolverine. Yeah, I mean the Wolverine. It's already kind of slipped out of my mind. That's a lot of times when you see a movie and you don't you don't know whether you love it or hate it. And it doesn't really seem to matter. Yeah. It's very apparent what your true feelings were when you have to kind of remember that you actually saw it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with Wolverine, I would say that's the case. Only God forgives. I do find it still interesting to think about, right. but only because we've had so much fun with it. We should it. talk about that sometime. Yeah, I want to watch, <laughs> watch it again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would I would say that um, in that sense, July. Wow. <laughs> That's a that's definitely a mixed bag. I, I might. I think I think you're coming to the same conclusion that I came to. What? It's a shitty summer, man. <laughs> Movie wise. Well, I guess it might be worse than usual. <laughs> Oddly enough, August, in my opinion, might have come out as one of the winners of the summer for me in terms of some of the films that I really enjoyed. Ronald, did you see your pick? Did you see Kickass too? I did. Okay, so you Woo! saw one. Woo! Yeah. Cue the band. Oh man. I thought it was pretty solid. The more I think about it, the more. But it was it was definitely a little disappointing. Uh, yeah. It was just okay. It, it was, was just fun. okay, yeah. I was okay with it. Um, hold on, let me think. Elysium. It's pretty solid. I haven't seen that. You you thought it was more than solid. Yeah, you went from solid. liking it to loving it to now it's pretty solid. solid. The last time that I remember you participated no, in the Facebook really conversation it. was, I, I was stop, selling Elysium to us. I want to stop pumping it up. But I thought it was great. I did. <laughs> Cause I don't want to, I don't want to keep selling this movie, and then you watch it, you say, "Oh, fucking Ronald." Well, at least I know who to blame. Yeah. Oh, we're the Millers. <clears throat> you saw it? Yes. How was it? Surprisingly funny, man. Really? Oh my! I goodness. saw it as well. I I fucking thought it was hilarious. That is that surprising to you, Steve? No, I, I can see mm-hmm. why somebody would find it really funny. I mean, I thought it was better. It was oh, better I than it was I thought hilarious. it was gonna be. I will say it was better than I thought it was gonna be. That's a that's a movie that you have to watch at home. I feel like. Yeah. It was it was okay. I, I don't really. I, I, oh man! The, my big takeaway from watching that was like I realized I, I don't know that I really like Jennifer Aniston. I know what you mean. Like she kind of got fi- on my nerves. Like ten minutes into she's it, she's beautiful. I she, but, has, she has a nice body, but her something about her face looked weird to me. That's why you didn't like her. No, 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 no. Her, oh. I said I got tired of her before. Oh, like just ten minutes. To, yeah, you, you car- went to physical, so yeah. I was just mirroring what you were talking about. Her character was definitely me. Yeah, but uh. Jason Sudeikis, I thought was great. She's he's, the weakest link. He's a star, I think. Yeah, I think he's got to find that that pad that's gonna like make him a star. I that don't know kid what was it is. Really I've always funny. found him able to wrestle some kind of laugh out of some whatever material he's been given. Yeah, like he he'll is. be he'll be in some dead sketch on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and you'll watch what he's doing, and he'll be you know it'll yeah. be amusing. So he doesn't really do really filthy stuff, and this was filthy. This and to see him in in that element mm-hmm. was really funny. It's, he's. He did a really good job. Well, I remember thinking he was funny in what was that Fairly Brothers movie where he was like the horny best friend, uh, Hall Pass. Oh yeah, Hall Pass. which was like you know it was a movie so, that again was, had yeah. funny bits in that, but his character was really funny his, and had like right. there was a heart to him, which is another one of those Fairly tricks is like you know giving just enough humanity to some really ridiculous <laughs> character. 
But no, I think that, uh, yeah, we're the Millers. I could see that being a, a late at night in the hotel, can't go to sleep, it's yeah. on cable, I'll stay up watching funny, it kind, yeah. of, kind of film. And that's a, that, was a, that, that was a big hit, too. I mean, that's like 100 and some million already. Yeah, that's a huge hit. What did, did you see The World's End, uh, Ronald? No, I didn't see it yet. I really want to see it. It's been weird with this new job I have. I feel like I've been mm-hmm. shackled. <laughs> well, I know that was the movie bit. that I singled out yeah. from August. And I actually, it's an, it's one of those odd movies where my estimation of it has actually kind of increased more as I've thought about it. Because when I saw it, there were some tonal difficulties. Like when it goes from being kind of a, a movie, a comedy about characters yeah. to being a kind of sci-fi extravaganza, it's a little bit of an awkward tone shift. And I don't know that it... I found myself thinking, well, this that that didn't that wasn't smooth. But then I realized that, there, that I felt the same way. There were certain parts of Shaun of the Dead and that the made me feel one. that way, and Hot Fuzz, where the first yeah. time I saw it, I had to realize, oh, yeah, this is they're going to do this now. And yeah. it's and then when I go back and rewatch those movies, it always is, it seems smoother to me because I'm sort of acquainted with what kind of movie it is. I don't know that it quite works. I think there's some things in The World's End that don't exactly click, but I think what they managed to do that worked really well was really deep and deep deep into character. I think that the character stuff that goes on in The World's End is really very, like, talk about stick-to-your-ribs type stuff. That that idea of aging gracefully and, and letting yourself off the hook for your past crimes and letting go of nostalgia and looking towards the future. I mean, I think they find a really interesting way to explode those ideas. Yeah. But the first half of that movie that's just about the friends getting back together and Great. all their baggage was fantastic. Absolutely. And I don't I wouldn't mm. the last half is not bad. It's just that it becomes more of a metaphor in the last half whereas the first half it was I mean, I thought Simon Pegg created this character that it was a little over the top, but I mean, you totally know this guy. You know, you know that guy who is partying a little too hard, trying to seem to convince everybody that things are great, just a little too hard, and you can kind of see the <clears throat> the cracks showing in the facade. And this guy, the idea of kind of pushing 40, and you still haven't figured some of these things out. Yeah. One thing the movie does a great job of is the guys who are settled down, it's not like they've got it figured out. I mean, the friends who are married and have jobs, they have their own kind of lack of happiness going on in their life, but definitely Simon Pegg's character is the one who they all sort of almost feel sorry for. And that idea in a comedy, that's pretty deep. You know, the idea yeah. of those friends that you're you're growing apart just because they haven't been able to kind of grow out of themselves. And then the question of whether anyone ever really grows out of their, their own true self, you know. So pretty deep stuff. I, I really enjoyed The World's End. I, I think that uh, everything you just said is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I You're kind of getting on something that I, I was realizing after seeing it too, which is that I think the first half, a lot of these these three films in the in the ice cream, the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy, yeah, is just that the first half starts off as this <clears throat> a lot of or not maybe the halves, but the first part of the films all kind of start off with this character issue, mm-hmm. and it's like it becomes this mashup of genres almost sometimes that this heightened mashup of a genre, whether it's a zombie apocalypse or a town conspiring to murder everybody that would ruin a, a festival yeah. prize to a sci-fi element that really like shakes up what that character problem is, you know, and or resolves it or allows mm-hmm. that character to move past it or whatever it is. But after the fact, when I really kind of stood back and like you were saying, mm-hmm. was able to realize that about the first two movies, having seen them both so many times and this for the first time, it did feel a little more, a little less smooth. But I mean, afterwards, I mean, mm-hmm. I was definitely, definitely a movie I recommended to people. And I would even say too, that it, the stuff that, seemed like it was piling on maybe a little too much at the very end when I was watching it the first time. In retrospect, the last, like, ten minutes are kind of amazing in a way amazing. based on based on what they'd managed to pull off with the characters and how they managed to sort of show the true sort of fate of the, the ending, people involved yeah. in this story. The real I, it, ending. It was a really cool ending that could almost be its, a setup oh, for its own new totally. thing. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. I want to see it. You got to see it, Ronald. It's good. It's, I mean, it's I love the first two. And um, no stinger. No stinger. No stinger. Don't, don't stinger. I would almost say this okay, movie good. has the, the what would be the stinger as the last scene. Yeah. A lot of movies would, you know what I mean? If you were going to do the stinger, that's what that last scene would have sure. been. Uh, more August stuff? I mean, it, I, I, we didn't see it in August, but Drinking Buddies. Oh, I loved it. <sighs> we saw it at the Maryland Film yeah, Festival. Yeah, but so that, yeah, I love when those movies start coming out that you saw at the yeah. festivals. But that it was, was one movie. that oh, yeah, you, we both really enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Which is interesting because it's a Joe Swanberg movie. And, you know, a lot of times those movies don't, I mean, for me anyway, a lot of times they don't really stand out to me as fully formed movies, but I've heard a lot of people like Drinking Buddies. It's definitely his most, I guess, I don't know that you would say most mainstream film, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's more of a, 
uh, fully, I think a fully realized story that is a little more relatable than some of his, like, I guess the Mumblecore films that he's kind of gotten his little following slash critics for. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's actually a great movie. I loved it. Um, I was going to say, I, I was going to mention uh, another movie he's actually in. No, I was going to say, in your, yeah. in your next, your uh, next. Joe Swanberg is one of my favorite things about that movie, actually. Yeah, which the horror is, film. I haven't always liked him in things, but I thought he did a great job with the, in, his character in your next. Have you seen it? Nope. His character in your next is is sort of one of those great characters where you start off thinking he's one type of guy and you yeah. gradually realize, okay, maybe he is that guy, but there's more to him than, than I thought. And I think, you know... In a movie like that, you don't expect to see that kind of character. Really, your next in general, what it had going for it was just good characters. That that's what makes it seem kind of special, you know. Yeah. I thought the action. There were some moments. Did you find in your next that there were some moments where the plotting and the character behavior and the situation they were in didn't quite like in the middle section. There's some parts where they're just kind of hanging out in the house and things have happened that you would think would cause them to be much more aware that there might be a presence in the house. It's like at this point they know someone's in the house, right? And they're still sort of just hanging around. It, there was a Maybe. middle section that felt a little slack in that way. And then I also thought there was a little bit too much shaky cam in the kind of intense scenes. It felt a little bit like a director trying to create tension by just wiggling the camera around. Yeah, I think that was a pleasant surprise for August. And I was going to say the, the big one for me was actually my pick for August, which was uh, The Spectacular Now, which we, we talked about last week uh, on episode 82. But just, I don't know, like I'm... These coming-of-age films are like movies that are just straight-up made for me. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, these movies affect me, and I react to them. And some of my favorite movies growing up, movies that had a huge impact on me as a kid and mm-hmm. as a teenager. And uh, this, uh, the, the the Spectacular Now, which I'm not going to go too much into, but just the, the the character development, the story, the the not sugarcoating anything and, and, and pouring on the laughs of any kind of, uh, in any moments where they might have like kind of broken a scene or you know allowed you to breathe out a little bit, um, it's just another reason why I just was a huge fan of that film. Um, unfortunately, you know I wish it was doing a little better, but uh, in terms of box office, but uh, that was definitely one of my takeaways for August and for the whole summer. I think for me, yeah, I mean I was, I it's one of the few movies out of all these that we've talked about. Where I walked out and the I was just thinking I loved it. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I remember talking to you about it. And it was just you know without without any other. I mean, there were you could there were things you could zero in on as the things that were particularly excellent about it. But what made it sort of special and what made it hang together is just almost undefinable. And there's this weirdly. Did you see it? No. Okay. <laughs> there's a theme going here. <laughs> this has to. This got, suppose, it has to make yeah. the cut. Well, I suppose though we, this will actually. That's going to become a drinking game. I think for what, we've done, what we've done. This I, I guess normally if, if doesn't that makes happen. The... This many movies. It doesn't normally. <laughs> this happen. doesn't happen to me normally. Are there any other movies you didn't see? Uh, pretty much everything in August. <laughs> what else came out in August? Did we cover everything? I don't know. There wasn't a. I mean, there's definitely others that came out, but nothing that I was really like gearing up to see. It was Kick-Ass, World's End, Spectacular, and You're Next for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Which furthers my theory. <laughs> but the movies that were good were, like, great. Yeah. I mean, like, the, uh, yeah, a lot of these I mean, movies we're talking that, about. That's what I'm saying. Like, the takeaways for me, I feel like looking at a list of movies that I would say are, are better than good, I personally have more on there than I had last summer. Okay. Which is, like, you know, that's kind of my one of my measuring sticks. But I mean, there were a lot of just you know, mediocre like uh, that. That's kind of set a weird tone for the mm-hmm. like with Iron Man for me. Like I don't I don't feel like I really reacted to many of the big uh, like superhero besides Man of Steel. But, like I wasn't huge on Wolverine like mm-hmm. you like we were talking about. But um, overall though, I, I definitely had more of a of a great list this summer for me, um, and a nice mix too of like of genre and also of like budget movies like big versus small yeah some indie films not not going one way or the other like last summer it was mainly small films for me yeah and like two big ones this year it's maybe like three and three or four and four or something like that so it's a little more balanced yeah well so what are we looking forward to now maybe getting together next time and talking about what we're looking forward to in fall that sounds like a great idea john yeah yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that Ronald, so what i want you to do is make a <laughs> list of movies you're not going to go see <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I'll no, and then ball some... that shit up and throw it in the trash. It's a new beginning, Ronald. You're 30 years old now. Right, right. <laughs> Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Although this is well past your birthday at this point. It is way past. Yeah. But maybe. it's had time to soak in, so you're not gonna like react yeah, to it. Yeah. As, so as I'm not gonna sh- act crazy about it. 
It doesn't seem like you're going to do any crazy acting right now. <laughs> Very at ease right now. Yeah. Feel good. But not about the fact you didn't see half of the movies you picked for the summer. But I am at ease about the fact that there were a bunch of shitty movies. How about that you're dripping water on your MacBook I, uh, Pro? <laughs> I would not feel good about that. Oh, God. But yeah, okay, so that's the summer of 2013 right there. Right. That's what we just did. We just took it all, put it in a box. Shablamo. Yeah, just let's just put this away, and it, that happened. Yeah. And let's move on. Next time we'll be talking we about just... the fall. Of 2013. Of 2013. That's yeah. usually what comes after the summer. We're not moving on beyond... You know, it's probably being ridiculous here. We're just moving on one season. It's folks, going to but, the next season. Right. Yeah, but bear with us. And uh, that'll be that. By yep. the way, this was episode 83. Yep. Yep. In case we didn't say it earlier, which we didn't. Right. But, you know, might as well say it now. Yep. That'll be that, and this was this. <laughs> and as always, you've made our day. <laughs> Bye.